All right. So we're in week three of resolution, and, uh, and we've been talking about, you know, the, the month of January is self-improvement month, and, uh, and I hope that you have maintained your ideal weight or you're working towards that. I hope that all of the goals that you set um, at the new year, you're still engaged in those, and you're being consistent, and you're being uh, self-controlled, and you're getting slimmer, and you're working out, and you're still going to the gym, and you're working towards those financial goals. Maybe you're tra- still snowballing some debt. I hope that you're doing all of those things. Um, but we have talked about, in addition to that, some questions that I think are um, really super important that, uh, that, that, that go beyond just kind of you know, the question of what can I do about me, but rather ask a question, what can be done around me and what needs to be done around me? As I, as I look around my school, as I look around my neighborhood, as I look around my town, um, wherever I might be, what, what is it that needs to be done around me and what is it that breaks my heart? What, what is it that breaks my heart that, that God is nudging me to go outside of my comfort zone to be a part of, and maybe I've resisted, but as you've gone through this series, you're like, you know, it's time for me to, to maybe say, okay, it's, I, I, I need to do something about this. And there's something, as you talk about the question, what breaks your heart, there's, you can't hardly even think about it, because when you do, it brings some, some emotion to you, and and, and you think, but, and every time it comes, you, you kind of push it down because you're kind of like, I'm, I don't have time for that. I, I, I don't, I'm not well resourced. I, I'm not well connected. I don't have a bunch, you know, it's just me. And so you're thinking, I, you know, what, what can one person do? And yeah, you and I and we, we may not be able to change the entire world, but I guarantee you we can change somebody's world. And, and God is so many times calling us to do something and we resisted it and we're content to come back. And one of the reasons we're content to just say, you know what, I'm just going to kind of work out and try and eat healthy and, and, and get back to that is the reason we don't want to do more than that is it's going to cost us some life, right? And we are by nature, what? We are by nature life preservers, right? We want to go through life with a life preserver on. And Jesus is like, um, you're an adult now. It's, it's time to swim. It's time to take the life preserver off, which I will do that because that's embarrassing, right? We shouldn't go through the adult life with a life preserver on. But we want to. We want to preserve our life. We, we want to stay where it's comfortable. We don't want to, go, we don't want to stretch out there too far. And we, we have a tendency to gravitate towards what is comfortable, what is easy, we're, and, 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 and what I know. So what I know, what is easy, what is comfortable, sign me up for that. And if it's going to cost me some life, it's going to cost me some time, I don't, you know, no, I don't want to really do that. And if it's going to cost me some resources, if it's going to cost me money, specifically, oh, especially, no, 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 no. I, see, I've got some other things I want my money to go to. And, and here's the thing, um, 
for many of us, we're like, yeah, I'm, I'm giving my life away, Eric. You are, and I would say you, you probably are. And you're like, I'm giving it away to my family. And, and see, that's a noble thing, and that is a noble thing. But I would say this, I, I would ask, so, <clears throat> you know, when you make your life about you and your family, who's, who's the primary beneficiary of that? When I make my life about me, who's the primary beneficiary of that? Me, and if I make my family's life better, whose life indirectly, or maybe directly, is better? Me. So outside of you, outside of your family, where are you giving some of your life away? See, we're, we're naturally life preservers. We don't want to give up our life. And last week, we kind of summed up what Jesus taught with whoever devotes themselves to themselves will have nothing but themselves to show for themselves. At the end of your life, when you want people to line up and thank you for something, I guarantee you the only reason anyone will show up at your funeral to thank you for something is because you chose to give your life away and they were the beneficiary of it. But if you make your life all about you, you will have nothing but yourself to show for yourself. And Jesus just says, you just, you just need to know, if, if you do that, if you make your life all about you, then at the end of it, it will, it will add up to a grand total sum of nothing. It will be a loss. It will be a complete loss. And so he says, however, if you devote yourself to more than yourself, you will have more than yourself to show for yourself. So here's the thing. <clears throat> Today, um, last week, I, I, I told you, I'm like, man, Jesus kind of got up in our grill last week, right? As we went through those verses, and, and, uh, and he's asking us, hey, I want you to give your life away, and I want you to trust me. That abundant life is found not in just making life about you and your family, but how can you and your family give your lives away to others? How can you impact, how can you make the world around you better? How can you be giving your life and your resources away to making others better? And how can you specifically partner with me in the mission of seeing people meet, follow, and love Jesus that I have commanded you as a church, individually, church members, and corporately together to accomplish that mission. And, uh, and so, you know, he kind of got up in our grill. So today, he's going to stay up in our grill, okay? Um, and, and, uh, and so I just, we're gonna, I'm going to pick on uh, Jesus followers. If you consider yourself a Christian here this morning, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, I'm going to get up in my own grill. I'm going to be up in your grill a little bit. And you could blame it on Paul. So, um, and if you're not a Jesus follower, if you're watching, you're, you're not a Jesus follower, what we're going to talk about today is probably one of, the, one of, maybe the reason you're not a Jesus follower, that you're not a Christian. Because you've seen so much of this, you, you've just like, if that's it, I, I don't want to have anything to do with it. And see... What, what it kind of comes back to is we have a strong tendency to substitute devotion for action. 
Whew. Hang with me. We have a strong tendency to substitute devotion for action. What we want to do so many times as Christians is we want to concentrate on devotion to God, and we have boxes of, of devotion. So we're going to put boxes in each one of us. You know, we have the boxes that we would check. If you're devoted to God, then you need to check these boxes, okay? So I had a quiet time. Check. I read a chapter in the Bible. Check. I had a prayer time. Check. I listened to some praise music. Check. I, 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 I did that thing that I do on the way to work. Check. All of those are fantastic things. There's nothing wrong with any of those things. I hope that you're doing those things. But so many times as Jesus followers, as Christians, that's where it wants, we want to end. I have this feeling of devotion with God, and I, and I feel like God's happy with me because I have checked the boxes. And the thing, and the reason that we want to have, you know, uh, just devotion over action is I can control each one of those boxes. And Jesus is going to push us to say, you know what, this devotion thing is great and all, but I want you to start pushing that out horizontally. We do not like that very much because we can't control that nearly as much. So as we go through this, I hope that will become kind of clear. Because as believers, believers are often content to believe something rather than do something. I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. That is fantastic. And this message has nothing to do with salvation, okay? This, this message isn't about salvation. This message is because I have salvation, what am I going to do with it? And we're so content believing that, you know what, Jesus is, is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus is the Savior. Jesus died on the cross for my sin. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe all the right things. And as long as I believe all the right things, leave me alone about the horizontal things. Because I just want to believe the right things. And as long as I do that, I'm a good Christian, leave me alone. And so we're so often content to believe something rather than do something. And Jesus just said, hey, you just need to know. If you hear these words of mine and you don't do them, you are like a foolish person who built their house on sand. And the wind came and blew it all down. And it amounted to nothing. It amounted to a great crash. It amounted to loss. Jesus' brother James said, hey, I don't want you to just be hearers of the word. I want you to be doers of the word. I don't want you to just have devotion. I want you to work that out in action and in motion. But we are often more content to make a point rather than make a difference. It is so much easier. See, we gravitate towards what's easy we gravitate toward, towards what's comfortable, and so many times as Jesus followers, so many times as Christians, we stand in the corner of being right, and we just throw truth bombs into the culture. We're not willing to roll up our sleeves and get messy in relationships that we can't really control and have relationships with people that don't see the world the way that we see it, that don't believe what we believe. 
and, and just kind of have, you know, and, and it's messy. And it's like, no, 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 don't sign me up for that. I'll just throw some truth bombs. I'll get on Facebook and throw a truth bomb out there. I'll get on social media and throw a truth bomb out there. I'm, I'm a, I'll be a bumper sticker Christian. See, and, and here's the thing. I was realizing this and, you know, as, as I've gone through my journey with Jesus. Um, <clears throat> it's like, gosh, you know, I follow, the, I follow a car and I read, read the bumper sticker. And, and if they see the world the way I see it, um, and, and, uh, and they have the views that I, that I have, I'm just like, oh, yeah, right on. Let them have it. Who is them? You, you have a them, don't you? Every single one of you and me. Let them have it. And Jesus is going to talk about them in just a second. But we have a them and if it's someone who doesn't see the world the way I see it, doesn't believe the way I believe, and they put bumper stickers on, I'm just like, oh, so disgusting. They, they, they're so upside down. They're so lost. Right? And, 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 and here's the thing. When, when it's someone who has bumper stickers that, that are opposed to your worldview, um, what does that do to you? Does that draw you to them to say, gosh, they're making a really good point. They're making a really good point. I might become one of them. Or does it push you back into your corner of being right? Come on, you know. It pushes you into your corner even farther, doesn't it? There's nothing about it that says, oh, you know what? I used to be this, but now I'm this because I saw a bumper sticker. <laughs> Never happened, right? But see, this is what we're content doing. And, and as long as we have just, it's just about devotion and being right with God, but I don't really have to worry about the horizontal, this works just fine. But Jesus comes along and, and, and talked to us last week about saying, mm, not so fast, and then Paul Paul just, he brings up a passage that I'm telling you what, is so offensive. It's so offensive, he soft sells it. He soft sells it, and I'm going to show you in just a second. And here's the thing, we're going to look at, a, at the beginning verses of a chapter. You probably had some of these verses read at your wedding, but you skipped this part. I guarantee you, you skipped this part. Are you ready? What chapter do you think we're going to look at? 13, yes, here we go, 1 Corinthians 13, 1, you didn't have this part in your wedding. If I could speak, and, and Paul is going to say I, why, he really means you and, and me, He's like, I'm just, I'm saying you, but I'm soft selling it because I'm about to say something that's so offensive that I'm going to soft sell it by saying I'm just going to say it about me. So if I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels... Okay, time out. Like, whoa. How, how many, can in here, anybody in here speak more than one language? We got one. How many, Sonia? Two. Anybody else? We had, we had a couple in the first service that could speak a couple languages. Like, yeah, that's impressive. Right? I've talked to a, 
Um, we have a foreign exchange student uh, at Brady this, this year, and uh, she's from Spain. Um, and so I was like, well, she probably speaks you know, Spanish. No, actually, I, I, she can, but uh, she, speak, she has a, 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 like an original dialect of, of Spain that's, um, I couldn't even tell you what it's called, but it's, it's, it's amazing. Anyway, she taught me um, rock, paper, scissors. I could not repeat it to you. It just basically roll your R's a lot, and then you'll, you'll be close. Um, but she knows, you know, a, a couple languages. And like, man, that's so impressive. And you talk to some people, I mean, um, there's some, you're like, man, they know five languages. You're like, that is really impressive. I mean, five languages. How in the world do you navigate five different languages? That's awesome. If you could speak all the languages of earth, all of them, you got a handle on all of them. And let's just say, you know, for the sake of argument, let's just, let's just, you know, be hyperbole over the top. Not only do you know all the languages of earth, let's say you know angel language too. And they're like, angel language? What, what language do the angels speak, Paul? You're like, I have no idea. I'm just trying to give, me, you know, give you a point. I'm just trying to make a point here. You know, languages of earth. If I knew all the languages of earth, and let's say you could even talk to the angels, how impressive would that be? You're like, you even know angel language. Oh, my gosh. You're just like Mr. Spiritual. That's unbelievable. You, you're going to be the ultimate missionary. Unbelievable. See, if you could do all of that, but you didn't love others? If you could do all of that, if you could speak to anybody in any part of the world at any time, and you could speak to the angels, you would come across as one of the most intelligent, spiritual people on the planet. But if you can't figure out how to love someone else, he soft sells it again. He says, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. So in other words, what he's saying is when we make our lives really kind of all about us and, and all about just being devoted to God, it's just me and God and I'm not really concerned about how I treat other people, then what it looks like to God is what I'm going to show you right now. So, John, would you come out here for just a second? <laughs> so, <clears throat> um, John is going to represent God for just a second. I know, that's pretty scary. <laughs> <clears throat> so, <clears throat> here's God, and, uh, and, and here's Eric in all of his vast knowledge of languages. And I can even talk to the angels. In fact, I talked to Gabriel this morning. <laughs> but I can't figure out how to love you. And I can't figure out how to love someone who doesn't see the world the way I see it. And I even justify and maybe even have some verses as to why I shouldn't love you. That's all it sounds like to him. 
Thank you, God. I mean, John. That's right. <laughs> yeah, give him my hand. <laughs> to God, all it sounds like is noise. Not impressed. It's just a noisy gong. It just, and, and we think it's so impressive, all that we know and all of that we devote. And yet we don't love, and God's just kind of like, it just, that just is noise to me. It, it's, it, it doesn't sound good. It doesn't look good. I, I can recognize that. He goes on. If I had the gift of prophecy, in other words, if I could preach better than John the Baptist, I mean, I could preach, and I mean, I was just a phenomenal preacher. If I could teach, I could preach. If I understood all God's secret plans, <laughs> I have an inside track. I've got the whole thing figured. You got any question? In times, I got it all figured out. You know what different nations are going to do when they're going to, I've got the whole thing figured out. I know all of that. You got questions of, you know, eternity and what they'll, and, and you know, what age is your parents and, and you know, what is your grandmama going to look like? Is your dog going to be? I got it all figured. I am the Bible answer man. I have got it all figured out. I know all of the inside secrets. And I possess all knowledge. I know it all. And if I had such faith that I could even move mountains, in other words, I am so confident and I know what God's going to do. And you know what? You just get on board with me. And I tell you what, I can, I can preach it, I can teach it, and I know it, and I have so much confidence that people look at me and they're just like, man, alive, he, God must talk to him in a way he doesn't talk to me, so I, you know what, whatever he says has got to be right. If I could do all of that, boy, how impressive would that be? If I could do all of that, but didn't love others? Didn't love people who didn't see the world the way I see it and doesn't believe what I believe, who doesn't look anything like me, doesn't think anything like me, I would be uthen. I would be nothing. The Greek word is uthen. It would amount to nothing. Whoa. Time out, Paul. I mean, that's impressive. Yeah. But if you don't leverage that to figure out and leverage all of this, this devotion and, and you just leave it in this lane, but you don't take it into this lane that is hard, that is messy, that you can't control. And there may be, you know what, as you navigate difficult people and difficult individuals and you may not have all of the answers and you're going to have to roll up your sleeves and it's going to get messy and, it's gonna, and, and, and you may not be able to figure it all out. So it's, why I, it's why we retreat to preserving our life. It's why we retreat to what's easy because it's hard. See, Christians... If you and I are only content making a point rather than making a difference, do not think for a moment that your heavenly Father is impressed. It's noise. 
It's clanging cymbals. It's a noisy gong to him. Paul goes on in, in the hyperbole, and this is, is so rich. It's so, it's so over the top. And, and if he hasn't gone over the top yet, this, this one's amazing. If I gave everything I have to the poor, this isn't like, yeah, well, I stopped at, at Goodwill or I stopped at the Salvation Army, and, and, and you know, man, I had some, I had some things that was like, yeah, I can't, I am, I am really, God, did you see that? Because I could have sold that on Facebook. I could have sold that on eBay for really quite a bit of money, but I, I just gave it away to Salvation Army. <laughs> oh, man. God, we're really good, aren't we? I mean, you're impressed with me. That's not even this. This is, you gave everything, like you sold your house, you sold your boats, you sold your, you, you, you sold all your stuff, you sold the clothes on your back, you sold it all and you gave it all to the poor. And as if that's not enough, then you sold your body to slavery and the money that you got for selling yourself into slavery, you gave that too. That's what Paul is saying. This is a little weird Greek thing going on here. And even sacrifice my, my body. I could boast about it, to which we would be like, oh, yeah, that's impressive. That's amazing. That's unbelievable. And Paul just says, you just need to know, even if you go to that extent, but you don't love then I am uden. I am, it amounts to nothing. It comes to nothing. Two different Greek words, uthen and uden, both mean nothing. It amounts to nothing. So, um, <clears throat> one of the things I wanted to do is because this passage is in obviously written in the first centuries. What would this look like if we wrote this kind of in modern day, you know, language? So in, enjoy a, a modern day version. <clears throat> modern day version of 1 Corinthians 13. If I raise perfect children, maintain the perfect schedule, and maintain my ideal weight, but do not have love, I am nothing more than a leaf blower at 6.30 a.m. on a Saturday morning. I should have brought a leaf blower so you could have the real effect. If I drive an electric car, wear Toms, and decline any coffee that isn't fair trade, but do not have love, I am nothing more than an obnoxious ringtone in a crowded movie theater. If I take my family to the Holy Land, ooh, that's holy, and leave New Testaments in every room along the way, oh, so devoted, but do not have love, I am nothing more than 100 elementary age children learning the recorder. <laughs> now, <clears throat> I have to give a special shout out to my great friend Dan Robison who has triplets. And, uh, and the poor guy, he may never recover from his triplets learning the recorder. It was, uh, he, he used to come and he's like, 
take me out. Because the recorders are taking me out. But what's Paul's point? Paul's point is devotion to God doesn't stop at moral and behavior perfection. Not just this devotion between me and God. If you make you a better you, but it goes no further than you, you'll be nothing more than a more annoying version of you. That's Paul's point. If I'm just going to make it about me and just me and God, but I'm not concerned about figuring out how to love other people who are difficult to love. And so he comes back and says, guys, crossing, crossing. Put some motion in your devotion. Put some motion in, in this devotion is great. It is necessary. It fuels, but it should fuel what we do horizontally. And devotion to God is authenticated by love for other people. And that is hard. It's not easy to do. But you see, when our faith goes no further than private, internal devotion, when our faith goes no further than, God, how am I doing? Did I check all the boxes, right? And, and you and I, you're, you're, you're good with me and you're impressed with me and how I'm doing? If it goes no further than that, when our faith goes no further than trying to be holy, I just trying to be holy and separate from everybody else. Here's our message to the world. And it's the reason why so many people have resisted Christianity. And it's so contrary to who what Jesus is. But our message to the world, when that is what we do, our message to the world is we know it all and we're better than y'all. And I don't know anyone who likes a know-it-all. So our approach to a broken world, can you imagine, Crossing, can you imagine if the church operated this way in the way that, in, 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 in not just devotion, but horizontally from day one? Because Jesus is irresistible. I guarantee you, the, the, the things that people resist about the church has nothing to do with Jesus. It has everything to do with our misrepresentation of him. See, your devotion to God is authenticated by love for others. So what breaks your heart? crossing. Every single one of us here this morning and every single one of you watching has room to improve in, in this area. Every single one of us. And as we do that individually and then we come together corporately, then corporately it has ramifications for us as well. We can sit back as, a, as individuals and we can sit back corporately as a church and we can be devoted to God and we can, you know, sing the songs and have a sermon and, you know, think, you know, check the boxes, we're, we're good and devoted to God and not get messy 
and not engage in difficult conversations and not engage in difficult people and not engage with anyone who doesn't think the way I think and see the world the way I see it and looks the way I think they should look and acts the way I think they should act. And we could retreat back to what we know and what is comfortable and what is easy and preserve our life. But God will not bless that. He is asking us individually and corporately as a church to reflect the heart of Jesus so that people who don't even see the world that we see it would look at us and say, gosh, I just, there's just something about them that's so attractive. I don't believe everything they believe, but my goodness, it's like they are welcoming me into their circle, even though I don't, you know, I don't hold all of the values they hold, and, and, and they still love me. They, it's like, wow, it's like Jesus. And so, I'm just telling you, in 2022, God is calling us individually, and God is calling us corporately to some really big things. And we have got to have this mindset. We've got to have this right. And so we wanted to take some time to talk about it. And yeah, it's, it's kind of offensive. It's kind of tough, right? I mean, it's like, whew, man, alive, Eric. Take, take some, you know, pedal off the metal there just a little bit. But if we're going to accomplish everything God wants us to do, we have got to get this right. Otherwise, all we will do is come across as we know it all and we're better than y'all. And may we never, ever come across that way. So I invite you in individually, corporately, to what God wants us to do in 2022. We're going to talk specifically about some of those things next week. So would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, Thank you for inviting us into this mission that you um, have given for us to, to be a part of. And God, I pray and I, I apologize personally for the times that I retreat to what's easy. I retreat to really, you know, what's about me and, and, and taking care of me. And, and God, it's, it's, it's hard to engage with people that don't see the world the way you see it. And, and, and so, God, I pray that you would help us to be intentional towards that. God, I pray for us individually. I pray for us corporately, that you would show us what it is that you have for us to do. And, and God, if it's something that's uncomfortable and something that involves change for us corporately, it was kind of like, you know what? <clears throat> if, if the end result of that is more people come to know Jesus, then you know what? As uncomfortable as that is, I'm on board with that. God, I pray that you would have us, help us to have this mindset. Now that we know it, give us the courage to make the right changes that we need to make in our lives. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. you joined us today. I hope you um, have thoughts swirling in your head like I do. Yeah.
Um, one of the things that I was struck with just of, okay, God, show me if, in what areas, in what ways I am this way. When Eric said, um, nobody likes someone who knows it all and thinks they're better than you or anybody. And um, I think when we try to, or with when we get comfortable and we're not trying, I think that's often when it is, is when we're just focused on ourselves and not focused on others, it can be easy to come across as, I do all the right things. Do you line up with my... <laughs> yeah. And uh, I think the most, probably the best part is when you, uh, when you do go into yourself and you know it, mm-hmm. you, you've got to be around some other people that uh, will, will help you get out of that. Yeah. Otherwise, uh, uh, yeah, it, it's hard to do good for other people. And, you know, we do need to learn how to love ourselves, but how better to do that than love people that, you know, really uh, could mm-hmm. be unlovable. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the scripture says that it's, it's easy to love someone that loves you back, but we're commanded to love those that really don't love us right. back. Right. So that, that would mean um, a multitude of people, and it also says even with our enemies, we're supposed to do that. Mm-hmm. So, like, okay, um, there seems to be a theme yeah. in the Word of God. Yeah. And that theme always comes back to love God and love others. Mm-hmm. And even though we have a lot of, uh, what would it be called, uh, the television world, the commercial world, <laughs> the world sells us self-help. Yeah, right. But uh, Jesus sells us, um, I think, the answer to it all. Mm-hmm. What we need to do. Right. And, and I think that's, I remember when um, I first got married. And my husband was not meeting every one of my needs. Oh. <laughs> shocking, right? It is shocking. <laughs> and she said, and I was, like, so feeling sorry for myself. And she told me to get my eyes off myself. And she mm-hmm. said, go help somebody else. Mm-hmm. Stop thinking about it. Yep. And, and it, it worked. Yeah. And I was like, oh. And she showed me in Scripture where mm-hmm. it talks about loving others instead of being focused on yourself. And... And it wasn't that I shouldn't take care of myself and that my husband shouldn't love me well. Mm-hmm. But it's when we get so focused on ourselves that we can be repelling others. And um, it, was, it was just a really good reminder, and I just think that's often. I mean, that's what I heard as we're going through First Corinthians 13. I just, hearing it in a different way like we did today, right. was so helpful to realize how um, serious God is about we have to love others. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, not all the knowledge in the world, all the everything doesn't matter right. compared to loving others, which that's, I mean, that's intense. It is intense. <laughs> uh, the cool thing about Jesus is, you know, he is full of truth, full of grace, mm-hmm. both. And we tend to go one way or the other. We're either all truth or we're all grace. And when you have a, a Jesus that can tell you the truth, how does he do it? He does it in love, yeah. um, not letting you be unaccountable for it, but to be accountable and love you through it. And and if when we get when we can figure that out and when we can do that well, I, I think that's when you see other people flourish. And I guess like uh, kind of what you're saying, somebody had had taught you something. It's just when I, I get the the biggest lift when something goes right that I did that I didn't plan on doing and somebody else benefited and I just get 
I get a charge out of Absolutely. that. It's like, what the heck? Yeah, that's the best. Well, I'm so glad you were listening with us today. I hope that God's stirring something in your heart to think about how you can love others, what that looks like in your life. Um, so um, just praying for you this week that um, God